As a prelude to this podcast series on Gore Creek Valley, it's sad to say that the Lane Cove Country Club is no longer. It was a great music venue with really great acoustics for music. And uh, I just wanted to pay tribute to some of the musicians who have now passed away, some like Don Burrows who played there, and my great mate Clive Shakespeare from Sherbet, who played at a really fab party there. And also some of the greats that still play there. George Gollard is still with us, Don's musical partner. Uh, but of course we have had over the years the extraordinary Billy Burton, who's played with many of the real greats of the international music industry. Dusty Springfield, Tony Bennett, Tom Jones, Shirley Bassey, maybe some of the council staff have heard of them. Um, you know, great days and great memories at the club. In Billy's band were people like Ron Lemke on drums, Ray Forster on keyboard and Craig Scott on bass and just occasionally, on a Friday nights especially, you'd have Greg Arthur, the tallest velvet voice in Australian jazz, would join the band. And of course, in the background, you're listening to George Goller and Don Burrows playing in their exquisite way a, a lovely version of Antonio Carlos Jobim's Satin Doll. Welcome to this podcast. It's called Craig Cuckoo Land, the million dollar hole in our green. So hello, my name's Hugh and I live in Greenwich. Our house is very fortunately set among the extraordinary beauty and atmospherics of Gore Creek Valley. It's near the southeastern end of the Lane Cove Golf Course. To set the scene for this podcast, the Gore Creek Valley Action Group describes Gore Creek Valley on Sydney's lower North Shore as, quote, a pristine piece of wilderness, parkland, bushland and golf course that is threatened by council development. Now, the development they mention is a new multi-storey sport and recreation facility to replace the much-loved but now demolished Lane Cove Country Club. The action group goes on to say, this beautiful valley has so far managed to survive the urbanisation of the surrounding area but now we have to fight to protect it. Some technical details. The Gore Creek Valley is called a first order watercourse and is a tributary of the Lane Cove River. The area is also called a riparian area. And I, I checked up on that word for us all. A riparian area is a plant community or ecosystem that is associated with or affected by water bodies or watercourses, such as rivers, streams, lakes, springs or ponds, whatever. Riparian areas are usually transitional between wetland and upland and have soil that is layered, moist and subject to flooding or fluctuating water tables. So riparian areas are among the most productive and important of all land types as they support diverse vegetation and wildlife and are valued greatly by all people interested in nature for, for a variety of positive reasons. 
But unfortunately, as the Gore Creek Valley Action Group points out, the whole development area is the site of known contamination, which now left undisturbed for 60 years has the potential, when excavated, to send contaminated runoff into the valley, the Lane Cove River system and Sydney Harbour. It's been pointed out to me that there's a Douglas Partners report actually commissioned by council, dated 23rd of November 2022, which itself states that during the site inspection, a number of areas of concern were observed, including tradeway storage, dangerous goods storages, an above-ground fuel storage tank and sump area, and areas of exposed subsidised fill showing building rubble. Now, of course, the site and the whole valley are often subjected to extreme weather events and flooding, as all us local residents and golfers alike know. On a Saturday recently, it was October the 8th, to be exact, it was sunny and pleasantly quiet on our deck for the first time in recent weeks. Quiet for particular reasons I'll explain soon. Um, I'm not a bird watcher, a, a, a twitcher. Um, in fact, my knowledge of local and visiting birds is nothing compared to many of our friends and neighbours around these very well-wooded areas. But I do occasionally record bird songs and background bird sounds on my iPhone for a project on nature and music that I'm working on. So, there I am sitting there on a Saturday morning, October the 8th, listening to the bird sounds and I, I hear a brief flutter and chirp and right before me on the deck railing, um, three feet away, say, is the, is the biggest, brightest, reddest, most beautiful bird I have ever seen. So... It's a king parrot, a male king parrot, and it really does have the most suitably regal and confident air about it. One museum describes it as surely one of the most beautiful of all the parrots. The male king parrot is resplendent in his plumage of scarlet red head and underparts, electric blue tail and emerald green wings and back. There is also a pale green stripe running from the shoulder down the wings. Now, the birds are usually seen in pairs, with continuous contact being maintained by a shrill whistle repeated by both birds. Courtship begins with regular feeding of the female by the male and culminates in three or four white eggs being laid in a deep hollow tree trunk. Now, remember these birth locations for our local birds, deep hollow tree trunks. Anyway, on this day in early October, it had no fear, no wants, no needs, no squawks, no displays. It just stood there serenely on the railing and looked at us for quite some time before finally being disturbed by our thoughtless, charmless dog who thinks disturbing birds is her job in life. Anyway, later I checked some research notes from my work and noticed that on October the 9th, 2022, exactly one year previously, a king parrot was spotted and duly noted by a local man named David. This is from the New South Wales birding records. So October's the month around here, it seems anyway, for these grandest of all Australian birds. Let's hope it continues. It may not. You see, Lane Cove Council demolished the Lane Cove Country Club overlooking the golf course during the first few weeks of spring this year to allow the start of its $75 million replacement structure, this multi-storey, multi-function sport and recreation facility that will provide new courts for netball and basketball, 
but not much else. Catchy name too. Hey, let's go out and play at the recreation facility. Again, to quote the Gore Creek Valley Action Group, one of the hardest things to fathom, they say, is that all the trees that have been felled over the last few weeks might have had breeding pairs and eggs in the hollows of these mature trees that have been felled so far. It takes 80 to 100 years for hollows to form for the owls and birds to nest in, especially during early spring. Now, the council having rushed to fell the trees at the beginning of spring when the birds and other animals are breeding and hatching shows a huge lack of respect for our environment. There was no need to reduce all those trees and animals in them to wood chip in such a hurry when construction is still months away and spring is the important time in the development of the yearly ecosystem. Since this horrendous demolition of the Lane Cove Country Club and its long established old trees, just a few hundred yards from here, since it started just as spring hit a few weeks ago, another new bird sound has broken out. Quite coincidental to the demolition, maybe. The channel-billed cuckoo is the largest parasitic cuckoo in the world. It just takes over the nest of local currawongs and our wonderfully tuneful and smart magpies. It just takes over their home, their brood, their eggs. It, it, it's a vile, unceasing, insistent scream, repetitive, so insistent. Something, someone under extreme attack, like the, like the shower scene from Psycho, but louder, much louder, through daytime and the nighttime. For opponents of the demolition and replacement of the building and trees, so far there's no doubt that Craig Wrightson, the general manager, is our public enemy number one. For others, of course, he's Craig the can-do man, especially getting buildings and trees demolished quickly and thoughtlessly and keeping the replacement plan secret. So in honour of Lane Cove Council general manager Craig Wrightson hacking up our local bushland and parkland, plus the blaring arrival of the channel-bill cuckoos to ruin the nesting homes of our beloved local birds. We have named our podcast series Craig Cuckoo Land, the $75 million hole in our green. So how is this development finally happening? And for $75 million, how do we know what it's going to end up like and what is it going to offer? Well, bad news on that front too. Because of Council's inability to find the right builder at the right tender price, just months ago, in August 2023, a couple of months ago from when I'm recording this, the Council voted narrowly to give complete authority to General Manager Craig Cuckoo Wrightson to run the project as he sees fit, with long-term Lane Cove Council contractor ADCO to build the recreation facility along with the architects formerly known as Alan, Jack and Cottier. The council voted four in favour and four against to allow only Craig Wrightson to negotiate the construction project, with Mayor Andrew Zebik giving the authority to his general manager with his casting vote. This is unfortunately and without coincidence exactly the same voting alignment and result as the approval of the whole Gore Creek Valley development. Incredibly enough, GM Craig Wrightson is not required to provide any details at all of the construction project to council 
or indeed anyone at all. No budget reportage, no progressive reports, no future environmental plans. The brief background of this crazy situation is that Council originally invited five building companies to tender for the construction of the new sport and recreation facility on a fixed price basis. Three tenderers responded, but no tender could be accommodated within the approved maximum $75 million budget. A report by council officers then sought approval of councillors to authorise the general manager entering into a direct negotiation with the nearest compliant tenderer, that is the ADCO group, under a design and construct contract type, without referring the contract back to councillors at all for their approval. In plainer English, this means that Craig Wrightson is not required to provide any details at all of the construction contract to council, that is our elected representatives, or indeed anyone. As we've said before, no budget reportage, no progress reports, no future environmental plans, no accountability at all for this $75 million mega spend. Now, this first podcast in the series, Craig Cuckoo Land, is slanted against this council decision in particular, and there's a lot more slant to come. But we opponents have only had a few opportunities to speak out against the scheme, yet we've just been stifled, censored and blocked. Then there was the meeting of the yellow sticky pads, where Cuckoo Craig and his fellow speech stifler called David Stevens ensured that no one, not one member of the public, us ratepayers that is, could communicate with the architects except through yellow sticky pieces of paper, first vetted by the council staff. Questions from the floor were banned, of course. And so it's been throughout this whole development in Gore Creek Valley. Uh, But we're Democrats here in the Gore Creek region, and this podcast will provide proponents of the scheme in Gore Creek Valley with plenty of opportunity to justify their decisions and also to discuss why they have provided GM Wrightson with such unprecedented covert authority. The builder and the architecture firms will also be interviewed to ensure their point of view on the project's processes become better known. And we'll also have the tennis players, in fact the tennis players that will never play here again. We also have endless suggestions for new Mayor Scott Benison's wild suggestion of declaring January cover band month in the canopy. Just imagine the possibilities and the cultural enrichment ahead for all of us. We'll also sort through some alternative plans for a new sports facility, much better ones than this one, including some from the experienced sports administrator, Bill Notley, who has some great plans for other spaces for such a facility, but has been thoroughly and frustratingly all but ignored by council. Plus, of course, the financial quagmire that may well face Lane Cove Council overall during this worldwide downturn, with a $75 million price tag ahead for Sydney's third smallest council. It'll be all there and more in the next episode of Craig Cuckoo Land, or the $75 million hole in our green. For Craig Cuckoo Land, the podcast, to avoid music copyright infringements, we have now composed and produced all our own music and effects to provide suitable atmospheres for the goodies and baddies, the heroes and villains, The rest of us versus them, them being Craig Wrightson, Mayor Benison and their council supporters. Thank you for listening.